Welcome to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Beautiful spring day. What a nice day to take your dog for a walk. Uh, even go somewhere new today. Give your dog the pleasure of new scent and sight, but especially scent. It actually is a really nice day today. Warm, getting warmer, springs in the air. I have allergies. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> For those of you who listen to the show regularly, you might be noticing my voice sounds a little different. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying some seasonal allergies right now. So. Oh, no. Well, I would agree with you about the day today. Just oh. beautiful little fluffy clouds out there. Hmm. A great day to take your dog for a walk. Indeed, so, yeah. indeed. Hopefully uh, you've got some kind of... Uh, nasal spray or something that'll help you out with the allergies if you're suffering from those like you are Julie. Yeah well I took a finally took a um, like a antihistamine last night and um, because I've had this for probably about a week and a half of Mm -hmm. just like you know allergy symptoms and stuff and I was like okay I'm you know I've heard some people say you know it can help to take an antihistamine to kind of knock it down and then they go away so I was like okay so I took one last night, and it did help. I don't have any, like, nasal congestion anymore, mm. but it, like, sent it down into my lungs. So I woke up. <laughs> so the voices. Yeah, I woke up. Odd. I couldn't talk this morning. So, But I'm, I'm grateful that I, I can talk. Just sound a little funny today, but that's all right. Hopefully the dogs still recognize your, oh, yeah. your, your commands. <laughs> I, hope I, I hope I smell the same. Um, so uh, I'm just going to do an... Um, Opening segment, talk about a few different things. And then um, after the first break, we're going to bring on a couple people from the Seattle Animal Shelter today. We're going to talk with Melissa Warner, who's the pet license coordinator, and then Ann Graves, who is the manager of field services, so uh, what people most commonly refer to as animal control, and um, talk to both of them about a few different few different topics all related to the Seattle Animal Shelter. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, of course, want to talk about um, the very exciting opening of the Natural Pet Pantry's second location in Kirkland. So they have a um, storefront in Burien, which is uh, South Seattle. That's been there for years where you can get all of their products. And um, they're opening a new store in Kirkland in Houghton Plaza, which is right where that PCC is in Kirkland, um, among other stores. And I got to visit it on Saturday. And um, it's coming together and looks great. The paint's beautiful. The floors are beautiful. Um, Randy took me around and showed me some of the products that they're going to carry and the supplements. And it's going to be a really really great resource for the community community because not only will they have their line of food, natural pet pantries food, they have frozen um, food that's either cooked or raw. They have two different lines of food, um, different proteins available in both raw and cooked for both dogs and cats. Um, but there's also a really big space in the back where they're going to have a lot of uh, local sort of holistic practitioners 
who will be there too to support the community and to um, see see clients. So uh, really, really great model and um, really looking forward to that. It's looking like they're going to have a soft opening on April 10th and then um, a grand opening celebration to follow. And we'll have more details about that once those firm up. Next week, I'm going to um, have Randy on the show, one of the owners of the Natural Pet Pantry, to talk a little bit more about that location. Um, but look forward to that. So April 10th, it looks like they're going to be opening their doors for business. Um, you can also get Natural Pet Pantry at other fine retailers, um, small independent natural pet stores around the Seattle, Western Washington area. Um <clears throat> And then, of course, they do their home delivery service as well. So lots of ways to get that great food. Um, naturalpetpantry.com is their website. Had the um, A-Help big fundraiser that I've been talking about for the past several weeks. Now, that was on Saturday at Northwest Cellars, which is in Kirkland. It was a wine-tasting um, fundraiser, and there was um, a lot of really great raffle prizes there as well including um, somebody did win the the weekend getaway to um, Rainbow's End at Mount Rainier. There are these um, ca- dog-friendly cabins down at the base of Mount Rainier, and um, they're amazing. I've talked about them before, and we've been there. They have a fenced-in yard and um, hot tub out in that yard and deck and barbecue and dog beds. and I mean, it's such a great place to go. It's only two hours south of Seattle. Really, really awesome place to take your dog or dogs and get out of the city for a weekend. And it was really, um, gosh, the the event was so well attended. It was packed. It was just awesome to see so many people coming together to support such a great organization. A-Help is um, Animal Hospice End of Life and Palliative Care. So it's really supporting pets and their people, um, mostly dogs, cats, and horses um, before, during, and after the end-of-life process, which is a really important aspect of living with and loving um, animals is, you know, we tend to outlive them. And it's a really big deal for a lot of people when they do pass. And supporting um, pets and their people through that process is a really important thing. And and that's really what A-Help is about. So you can find A-Help online at ahelp.com project.org is their website. The event was a blast. The dogs there, it was really fun to see the dogs, mostly the dogs who attended the event were older dogs, which was really cute. Uh, There was even a ferret there, which made me and a lot of other people a little nervous around all those other dogs, but uh, the ferret did survive. So that was good. Um, Really great event. You know, I'm reading, um, it's sort of funny because I I sound like I'm sick, but I really think it's just allergies. Um, but, you know, I wanted to, I read somewhere, this kind of came across my mind, and it's a really important aspect of, you know, talking about well-being of our pets and how important our own well-being is to the well-being of our animals because they're so sensitive to our state of being. And... um you know, my, what I do when I'm not doing this radio show is I'm an expert in dog training and behavior, and I do in-home private lessons um, throughout Seattle and the uh, greater Seattle area. My website is sensitivedog.com, 
And uh, if, if I can be of assistance to you, please do get in touch. Julie at sensitivedog.com is my email for my training and behavior business, and that's for dogs. And, you know, I, I work with dog. I work with a lot of people who just need, you know, some basics and have a new puppy or have a new dog from the shelter and just want to get some education, and I do that. And then I also work with a lot of animals or dogs that have um, behavioral challenges and that really require a little more depth. And there is always a human component to, you know, working with dogs. And there's a human component to living with dogs, obviously. And I don't think we've out, I mean, I think this applies in general, but, you know, our dogs are so sensitive to our stress level, our emotional state, um, and just how important it is to take care of ourselves, to take care of our dogs. And I'm uh, one of those things I just wanted to mention because I'm reading it now. And it's not a dog-related book, but it's a life-related book. And it's called The Slight Edge. And uh, you could certainly apply it to working with your dog because it talks about how, um, well, it talks a lot about how important it is to slow down and be present. And I talk to my clients about that all the time because that's really what it takes to communicate with dogs is to really slow down and be present and not multitask and to get distracted and future trip and all that stuff. But um, it's been really, I'm not even done with the book yet. And it's been really valuable to me in my life as somebody who, for how much I am in the conversation with my clients about their relationship with their dogs and how important it is to slow down and be present and how working with dogs really gives us a wonderful opportunity to practice that in our lives and remind us of that importance because they really ask that of us. You know, we say every show, what a great day it is to take your dog for a walk. And I had a client share this with me, I think it was just yesterday, about how much she appreciates what her dog, how her dog really kind of forces her to like take a deep breath and just go for a walk. And not be, you know, crazy thinking about five different things at once and, you know, on the phone and on the computer and all that kind of stuff to kind of disconnect from technology. But this book is called The Slight Edge. And it talks about how all the little things that we do matter and how um, important it is to be attentive to each to each little thing because they all add up very powerfully and how you could apply that to working with your dog cuz a lot of people say when when I'm there how they've really let their training slide and that you know I tell people you don't have to work with your dog you know an hour a day hours a day for it to make a difference you know if you can just put everything down for 15 minutes a day and you know turn your phone off and work your dog practice the obedience or play a nose game or go on to dognition and do some sort of fun test to see how your dog thinks and learns or something or go for a walk. I mean, hopefully for longer than 15 minutes, you'll be walking your dog, but to just slow down and be present, give your dog a little massage. That's important. One, your dog will enjoy it, but it'll also get you familiar with their body. I've talked about that before, how important that is so that if there's a new lump that you need to get checked out by your vet, you'll notice it. Um, but just how important it is to just, you know, be attentive, slow down, be present. 
and how your well-being matters to your dog because dogs certainly pick up on, you know, stress and, um, and, and that kind of thing. So just a little word on that I thought I'd mention, and I'm really enjoying this book. So I just wanted to share that with you. It's not necessarily dog related, although you could make it be if you wanted to, but it's called The Slight Edge. <clears throat> and again, if you're just tuning in, I'm getting hit with some allergies, so my voice sounds a little off, but I am here. So um, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with uh, Melissa Warner, who's the Pet License Partnership Coordinator with the Seattle Animal Shelter. And you're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Standing on a corner with a low-down blues, a great big hole in the bottom of my shoe. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to New Pro Supplements, we cover the world of living successfully with your animal friends. This week, April 6th, it's a Vet Sunday with Dr. Bill Burlingame. Dr. Bill takes a balanced approach when treating our animal friends. He's an expert with immune support and treating the endocrine immune imbalance Plechner syndrome. He's also working with hot and cold lasers. We'll have open phone lines to plan to call in for free veterinary advice on Martha Norwalk's Animal World Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Conversations Live, where Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiance said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. Tell your friends the place to be is Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And we're back with Melissa Warner with the Seattle Animal Shelter. Melissa is the... Pet License Partnership Coordinator. Melissa, welcome to The Dog Show. Hi, Julie. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've talked in the past. Actually, I had Anne, who I'm going to be talking with with after we talk, who is also with the Seattle Animal Shelter. I had her on a few years ago, so it's great to have the, the gang from Seattle Animal Shelter back on the show. And <clears throat> I know that you just uh, released, I think you're just starting to talk about your 
big event this summer that's coming up, the Furry 5K. We're going to talk about that. Um, but specifically, um, tell us about what you do with Seattle Animal Shelter around pet licensing, because I've said before on the show over the years, you know, really encouraging people to please license your pets because, you know, not only does it support the efforts of the Seattle Animal Shelter and all the work that you do, both for the animals and for the community, um, but that there's also benefits to, you know, people and their pets as well. So tell us some, you know, why should people license their pet? And I think you have a promotion going on this month about that. Yes, exactly, Julie. Um, actually, people may have um, started already receiving our April postcards. Um, they went out throughout the city just reminding people that we're out here and that pet licensing is really important, um, just like you said, um, for kind of two big reasons. Um, the first one is that license is definitely a, a good piece of protection that people are going to want for their dogs and cats. Um, you know, we unfortunately, you know, see a decent number of, you know, really well-loved, well-cared-for animals who, you know, for unforeseen circumstances just wind up lost um, in our city. And uh, it's something that we can't necessarily predict is going to happen. You know, we all try our best to make sure their animals are, you know, inside or with us, right beside us. Um, But in the event that an animal does get lost, that pet tag really does help us uh, make sure that those animals get back to their families. Um, Our officers actually can use that license to try and get animals home without them even having to come into our shelter, which is, yeah, which is, Definitely terrific because, you know, it's less stress on the animal, less stress on the parents, and then it's also less stress on our resources. So yeah. then those are resources that can go to helping other animals. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just like you mentioned, I think, um, unfortunately, there's still a lot of people out there who um, aren't fully aware that our licensing fees actually come back to our shelter to fund the work that we're doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, we have a 93% save rate at our shelter, um, and we do amazing work just finding homes for so many of these animals every year. Um, our shelter is definitely, you know, not the shelter of yesteryear. Um, we actually just did a huge renovation of our canine suites, for instance. Um, it, you know, it's essentially a chain-link-free environment, which, you mm. know, as you know, really helps with stress and really yeah. helps us get these animals um, out the door into, you know, really good forever homes in our city. And so um, your license fees, you know, not only are they purchasing really important protection, really essential protection for for your pets um, and for your family, but also to go and help these other animals that we're trying to save here. Yeah. And, um, and as far as very... that, uh, that April promotion that you mentioned um, going out um, this week, actually, um, a lot of folks will be receiving postcards in the mail from us. And, you know, they're just to remind people, to license their pet or bring their information up to date if they've right. recently moved or changed their phone number. Um, and people can actually stop by our shelter um, anytime this month. And if they purchase or renew a two-year license, they can actually pick up a, a free collar or leash. So, you know, update the pet's wardrobe or, cool. <laughs> you know. Update the address, update the collar. Exactly. <clears throat> and that's an important part of it, too to remember that that information is going to be helpful if it's updated. So, you know, I, I think it's great that I actually got, we got our postcard from you guys yesterday. We got that oh, reminder. Awesome. Yeah. Um, 
And just how important it is to keep that info updated because if you have your, your pet licensed, awesome, but it's you know only going to serve the officer if your pet gets misplaced if that info is updated. Um, and just how important it is to support, um, you know, to support the shelter and the animals that are in the shelter and just support your efforts because, like you said, those licensing fees go to you guys. So it's exactly. not just – going to some generalized city fund. Exactly, Julie. Um, And as far as people, um, you know, updating their information, um, one of, I think, the the benefits of our licensing system as well is that, you know, people can give us a call any, or well, any time during our open hours, of course. We're open Wednesday through Sunday currently, noon to 6. And people, though, can call us any time during those hours, and they can, you know, give us updates when they move. They can also give us updates, for instance, you know, if people will be going out of town soon for summer vacations, you know, give us a call and let us know, um, you know, who's taking care of your pet and how to get in touch with them while you're away. And people can, you know, do that as often as they need to um, and as many times as they need to. And that's really no cost to them. Um, That's, you know, really built into the licensing fee. Um, So, yeah, I definitely encourage people to get in touch and just make sure that we have their information um, just in case. And you said that for the month of April, people can come by the Seattle Animal Shelter and if they... um renew their license or or license their pet, they get a free leash or collar? Exactly, yeah. And we even have some, uh, they're really cute, really, you know, some nice bright springtime colors. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, we have, um, they, they have the choice of a leash or a collar. And we have um, a couple of sizes of dog collars. And then we also actually have cat collars for those kitties oh. out there who want to, you know, be stylish and fashionable for the new season. Nice. Um, yeah, and that's important, too. Like, people, I think... I've heard people with cats especially say, well, oh, I don't need to license my cat because they never go outside. And, well, first of all, it's good to do it to support the shelter. Um, but also, what if your cat gets out? Because sometimes that does happen. And, you know, especially as we come up to the summer and fireworks and all that kind of stuff, it's just a nightmare for pets. Exactly. Um, And the nice thing for cats, too, is that we do have the ability to record um, cats that have microchips. We do have the ability to record their microchip number and attach it to their license record. Um, So that way, you know, for cats, you know, for those of whom will refuse to wear a collar, for instance, you know, we still have a way to utilize that licensing information to make sure that they get home safely as well. Great. And what all are some, I know we're talking specifically about pet licensing and in that what are um well let's talk about the furry 5k which is your big annual event that you do every summer it's such a fun event um and i think you just came out with the date for that so a really well in advance save the date i think it's in june is it yes it's june 8th it's that uh first sunday i believe um and yeah, it'll be a really, you know, a really tremendous event as usual. Every year it really grows and, um, you know, people can also come, you know, if people are planning on being out there, I'll definitely be out there with a licensing table and they're more than welcome to stop by and ask questions, up-to-date, update information and, you know, renew their license with uh, with me there if, if they're able. Great. So the Furry 5K is at Seward Park in South Seattle. It is. <clears throat> Sunday, June 8th. And it's a fun, well, I think there's a walk and a run if people yeah. want to do either. And there's just a ton of people and dogs that come. 
And the walk around Seward Park is along the water, um, along Lake Washington the whole way. It's a really beautiful park and a really fun event. And you people, a lot of people like get teams together and, you know, do walks together. And of course, all the proceeds go to support the Seattle Animal Shelter. And then at the end of the walk, there's a bunch of uh, vendor booths set up with a lot of really fun local businesses and products. And you guys will be there, of course. And it's kind of fun to walk through and just see all the booths and stuff. I know we've done that in the past with the radio show. Um, So it's just a really fun um, summer event to do with your dog and support Seattle Animal Shelter. And what's the um, website for the Furry 5K for people to find out more about that specifically? Oh, yes. It's, um, there is a link on our website, which is seattleanimalshelter.org. And the Furry 5K direct website is uh, furry5k, so it's F-U-R-R-Y, the number 5, and then the letter K, dot com. Great. So people should definitely check that out. And, um, yeah, I believe you can actually pre-register um, through the website. So we try to make it, you know, as easy and kind of get yourself, um, you know, saving that date. Yeah. And that's Sunday, June 8th this year at Seward Park in Seattle, the Furry 5K, which is the Seattle Animal Shelter's, um, one of their big events every year to really uh, raise money to support their efforts, which are very important. And as far as um, volunteering, so you guys are in Seattle on, is it 15th or Elliott at that point? It's 15th over here. 15th, okay. So it's right um, right on the water on 15th. Um, and, you know, people can stop by, especially in April, you know, license or renew your license for your pet, pick up a free collar or leash. But what are some ways that people can, you know, other than making donations and supporting Seattle Animal Shelter financially, what are some ways that people can support the Seattle Animal Shelter, like with their time and energy? Yeah, um, I get that question a lot. I, you know, I've been we we do a decent number of um, outreach events out there um, with the public, and that's one of the biggest questions that we get. Um, we have a huge variety of volunteer opportunities for folks who are interested. Um, definitely, if you know if someone is thinking about volunteering with us, I would definitely recommend that they check out our website, um, which is seattleanimalshelter.org. And um, there we have a really complete list of everything we offer. And really anyone's, um, you know, skills or interests um, can really contribute to what we do here. Um, We have everything from pet photography um, to uh, get fit with Fido, which is, um, you know, people who actually take some of our dogs out for jogs in the area. Um, We have, you know, your usual kind of dog walking and cat care team. Um, We also have a critter care team, um, which a lot of folks... um, are familiar with the fact that we do have a wide variety of animals who are not dogs and cats. Um, we have, you know, bunnies, guinea pigs, snakes. Sometimes we have birds here. Um, and so there are a ton of opportunities there. Um, we also have pet therapy, a pet therapy team. Um, and we do have, you know, the opportunity as well, um, you know, for youth to really kind of engage with supporting our shelter as far as you know, helping us do penny drives and collecting donations. Um, at, for instance, we had a, uh, some young ladies who uh, had a, a really lucrative lemonade stand last summer, <laughs> and um, you know, it's a really way, uh, a really great way to engage kids in, mm. you know, su- 
supporting what we do here and feeling like they can really contribute. Um, and so, yeah, if, you know, people are interested in getting involved, I definitely encourage them uh, to go to the website and get in touch. And I'm sure that we can, you know, put their skills and interests to good use. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the part definitely that for me, because I'm always just thinking about especially, I mean, all of the animals, but of course the dogs, um, you know, how important it is for them to get out and go for walks and, and or runs, um, you know, for those dogs who might want to go for a run, just how important it is to get them out, get them some exercise, get, you know, what a, what a great way to support the animals that are there. Um, what about food donations? Yes, we do. Um, we do accept um, food donations, of course, um, some of which, of course, go to the animals who are in our care in our shelter here. And then we actually also, um, you know, additionally have some donation bins that are located right outside of our shelter um, in our near our parking lot area. Mm -hmm. um, and those bins are actually essentially community donation bins. And so folks who are in need um, are able to uh, go to those bins and, you know, retrieve items that they really need for their own pets as well. Um, so, yeah, we definitely um, are there, for, you know, trying to be there for the community as far as donations go. Well, that's great. <clears throat> I didn't know that about those specific bins out there. So they're just yeah. sort of out there and people can come and drop stuff off and people can come and take stuff out. Exactly. Cool. Simple as that. Yeah. And that and is that just for food or no, actually, um, there are all kinds of, you know, people are in need of all kinds of items. Um, yeah. You know, some of them, uh, we definitely do try to go through and, you know, help distribute things as they're needed. Um <clears throat> Yeah. you know, as far as our foster animals go and that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, there's a wide variety of items that I see, um, you know, that come through and definitely get put to good use. Yeah, I could definitely, like, with, uh, I'm just thinking about some of the, you know, they're still in really good shape, but there's, you know, we just don't use them or they were for past pets, like jackets and stuff like that for, especially when it's getting colder. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. and people can also reference, um, we do have a wish list, um, so if people are, you know, thinking about items that we're really in need of, um, they can definitely check out our our wish list is available on our website if they're, they're kind of looking for ideas. Cool. And that is seattleanimalshelter.org mm -hmm. is their website, and also for the Furry 5K, which is the big fundraising event coming up June 8th. You know, we're not that far away. I'm thinking, oh, June, it's, you know, <laughs> but it's only a couple months away. It's crazy. I know. Um, so that's called the Furry 5K, and you can go to that website specifically, furry5k.com. And if I know a lot of people who listen are, um, you know, in the industry also, so that's a great way if you want to have a booth there, um, you know, you can get connected with that event there as well. It's very well attended, so... Um, it's a great one. Um, Melissa, is there anything else that you want to let people know before we before we go to break and, and then talk to Anne about uh, the animal animal control services that you guys offer as well? Oh, well, Julie, actually, since you mentioned, um, you know, I know a lot of your listeners are in, um, you know, the pet care industry in one way or another. And, you know, another opportunity for them to support us um, is also that we do have um, a pet license partnership program um, through which uh, pet-friendly businesses actually help us promote licensing, um, you know, which in turn, of course, encourages people to, you know, license their pets 
you know, get that piece of protection. And then also, you know, all those funds that they're helping us bring in are coming back to the shelter and helping us out. Mm. And so, you know, I definitely encourage folks, um, you know, if they do have a a pet-oriented business, to check that out on the website and get in touch. And I'd love to talk to them about it. And how does that mean that people can actually, like, fill out the paperwork, you know, at a different, like at a, a, like a pet's, pet supply store or something like that? Or is it people just helping to promote? Uh, it's actually um, <clears throat> just just as you described. Um, we have about 45 partners currently mm-hmm. um, listed on our map there. And people can actually just go in and um, the staff at those businesses will just help you fill out your paperwork. And you can actually submit your payment to them. And then I coordinate receiving those payments and bringing them to the shelter and processing them. Right. Um, so, yeah, so that way it just kind of makes it a little bit more of a, a one-stop shop for the customer and really helps make sure that we get the licenses out there. Yeah, and it's just one of those things. I mean, it's nice to have that <clears throat> visibility throughout the community because just like, with, I mean, everybody's so busy and, you know, that can be one of those things that you just mean to do and mean to do and mean to do for months and it just doesn't get done. So I think that the mailings that you're doing and getting that reminder out there is great and then just really partnering with the community to help, you know, just give people that nudge that they might need to just kind of get it done, make it easier too. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Anything else? No, I think that's uh, that's all for me today. I know you. I know you and Anne will have a fun conversation. As yeah. Well, well, more about our shelter here. Yeah, definitely. Well, again, um, you know, just letting people know how important it is to license your pet. Um, there's lots of safety benefits if your pet gets out and is lost. It's a way for the animal control officer to find you and contact you without the animal even having to go to the shelter in the first place, which is desirable for many reasons. Um, Less stress on the animal, less resources on the part of the Seattle Animal Shelter. Um, So just making it easier to return. And then, of course, just in support of your efforts because that money does go directly back to the shelter. So be sure to license your pet. And I assume people can find out information online about that on your website, seattleanimalshelter.org. And uh, thanks for being on the show, Melissa. It's wonderful to talk to you. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Ann Graves, who's the manager of field services at Seattle Animal Shelter. We'll be talking about animal control and, and that world. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. It's a dreary downtown day, but at the end of my 30-foot leash is my little friend, Keish. Keish LaPoodle! Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiancé said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. Hi, I'm Martha Childress with the Natural Choice Network. Join us every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite leaders from our sustainable community 
to share their unique visions and valuable insights. You'll learn great tools to make your life greener, healthier, and more sustainable for generations to come. Thank you for making The Natural Choice. That's The Natural Choice Network every Tuesday at 1230 p.m. Please join us. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S.-sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Hi, I'm Pat Pauly. Tune into my show, Get Active, each Tuesday at 12 noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about one of the wonderful activities in the Puget Sound region, ones that you may want to participate in. We'll focus on how adult beginners can comfortably get into all of these activities. You'll learn a lot about how you can get active. Be sure to listen. That's Get Active with me, Pat Pauly, at 12 noon each Tuesday on Alternative Talk. 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. 1150kknw.com, your connection to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Um, So we are talking with Ann Graves, who is back on the show. It's been a few years now. Anne is the manager of field services with Seattle Animal Shelter. Anne, welcome back to The Dog Show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Good. So will you tell us what manager of field services means? (laughs) Sure. That is a little bit nebulous, isn't it, as far (laughs) far as titles go? So it is what I do is um, I manage the enforcement team. Uh, the Humane Animal Law Enforcement Team at the Seattle Animal Shelter. So our shelter is really an all-in-one. It, we have so many different functions here, all for on behalf of the city of Seattle. So we have our our shelter, which uh, where we house the animals that we have here. We have our low-cost spay-neuter clinic. We have a pet licensing department. We have, you know, we do our adoptions here. Uh, we have uh, a call center where we take calls from citizens. Uh, who are calling to file complaints and give us concerns about animals. And then my team are the officers who are out in the field every day, uh, seven days a week, and we're responding to those complaints that we get from from our our citizens. Yeah. And how long have you been doing that? Gosh, I've been with Seattle Animal Shelter since the year 2000. So Mm. I'm coming up on a, what, 14-year anniversary here? Yeah. And I started out in the shelter caring for the animals here, and then I was in the field for a little while, and I've been in management for, gosh, about 10 years now. Uh-huh. It's great, and it's such important work. I mean, I think I've, you know, I hear a lot of people sort of complain about 
getting tickets for having their dogs off leash. And, you know, there's sort of a complaint aspect in the general public about animal control and sort of the watch out for them. But my perspective is how much we need animal control officers, um, like you said, responding to those calls, following up on abuse and neglect cases. I mean, you guys do such important work. And um, it's just so important to be supportive, I think, of your guys' efforts. And we'll get into more detail about that. One of the topics that we wanted to talk about was the leash laws in parks. And I know my my perspective is, you know, don't you know, oh, how many people that I, I have a dog who's now aggressive towards other dogs because it was attacked by an off leash dog in a park where dogs are supposed to be on leash. Um, you know, how important these leash laws are to protect the animals and how it's amazing to me how people have their pets off leash in areas that just blow my mind thinking just because they want to. And, you know, with traffic and all that kind of stuff around, we are in a city. So what are the leash laws? So, well, first of all, thanks for for your kind words and for your support, because it is, um, you know, our our function is really vital to the citizens and the animals of the city. And you're right, it encompasses everything from what you might consider the mundane leash law enforcement to investigating felony animal cruelty cases. And one minute, uh, you know, enforcing a leash law in a park and the next minute investigating a crime. So there is a lot to the scope of work that we do. And it, it, it's something that sounds as simple as the leash law and, um, and the issues surrounding that um, are not as simple as they always seem. So in the parks, we have, I think, 14 off-leash areas in the city of Seattle now, designated off-leash areas where people can take their dogs to exercise them. We live in a large city. Yeah. A lot of people are gone at work all day. They have dogs that have exercise requirements that they may not have a yard for. And so I think it's awesome that we have that many off-leash areas. In the general parks itself, if you're in a, in a park that is not specifically designated as off-leash, then your dog needs to be on a leash. And that's where we run into trouble so many times. And I understand how people feel uh, that their dog is the best dog on the planet and, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, nothing bad could ever happen or or their dog would never do anything bad. But what's not being recognized there is that leash isn't just a restriction for your dog. It's a lifeline. Yeah. It's a lifeline to pull your dog to safety if some dog that's not okay is coming at your dog, whether it's on or off leash. It keeps your dog from running into the street. We had a, a an officer on Alki one day, beautiful sunny day on the beach, well, not on the beach, but on the sidewalk there. And he, uh, uh, in the park area, he approached someone who had his dog off leash, and so he was telling him that was a violation. And we got he, he got what we hear all the time. My dog is fine. I've got him under voice control. It's really okay. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. And he'll stay with me no matter what. And just as he said that, the dog saw a cat dart across the street. The dog chased the cat into the street. The cat was hit by a car. Fortunately, the dog wasn't. Mm. But it's just one of those things that a leash would have prevented that. Yeah. And the other part is, a dog running in traffic obviously is hazardous for the dog, but it's it's hazardous for the people who are naturally going to swerve to try and miss that dog. Sure. And people don't realize that if, heaven forbid, there's an accident, if you're the owner of that dog and that dog's off leash, you could be responsible for that too. So it's not just about 
you know, it's not just about obeying the law or else someone's going to give you a ticket. Right. It's part of what we're there for, and it's part of what we do. But mm-hmm. it's about safety. It's about safety for your dog, first and foremost, for the public, um, for everybody uh, in any situation. It's your lifeline. And that's what we try to get across when we're talking to people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is important. I'm just glad that we have the opportunity to talk about that. I mean, like you said, I mean, to to protect the dogs themselves, mm-hmm. the cats that might be being chased, mm-hmm. and people who are in you know in the cars driving. If if it's around streets, it's just surprising to me how many how many people tempt fate. Um, you know, oh, I'd really love to have my dog be off leash. So I'm, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I was like, well, don't you don't want to find out that you're wrong because your dog could be dead as a result of it. You know, it just takes an instant. It does. It really just takes an instant to change. Yeah. A number of lives, two and four legged. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other thing that we hear when we're in parks a lot too is, you know, I, my dog is fine. This isn't a big deal. You should be out investigating animal cruelty. Don't you have anything better to do? Yeah. And my response is absolutely. I would love to be out investigating animal cruelty right now, but the law is on the books. And yeah. um, if you disagree with it, by all means, get involved. Have help the city create more off-leash areas. Yeah. Or or improve the ones that we have, but mm-hmm. you know, just flat disobeying the leash law, it creates it, it taxes our resources, um, and it creates anonymity between dog owners who do obey the, the leash law, who feel like they're being made to look bad by those who don't, yeah, and by people who want to use the parks in the way that they were intended. Maybe their children are afraid of dogs. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe they're allergic to dogs. There's so many reasons. It's just important to put a leash on the dog in those areas where it's designated that you do so. And there are more and more opportunities to take your dog to places to get exercise, uh, doggy daycares, um, doggy play groups that are set up, you know, inside buildings if you can't or don't want to use the off-leash areas. And a lot of people don't realize that really focused, dedicated training, yeah. 15 minutes of that is a 30-minute walk as far as mental exercise. Totally. Yeah. Right? Yep. So there are just so many other things that you can do yep. as a wonderful um, you know, dog owner with a wonderful dog other than disobey the leash law. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I just want to mention, because I hear this all the time, because <laughs> I'm, a, I mean, I work with training and behavior, so I'm out with dogs that have problems on leash with other dogs or, yeah. you know, and are reactive. And, and I can't tell you how many times, or with my own dogs, and I don't appreciate it, where it's like, oh, she's friendly. And it's like, well, that's half the equation. You know, what about what about me over here? I mean, that's not not safe for that person's dog, and it's also just really inconsiderate of space. So, I mean, oh my gosh, I can't. You know, and I know I'm preaching to the choir right now, but <laughs> she's friendly. You know, as they call thirty feet away, it's like, mm-hmm. ah. yeah, well, absolutely, and that and that's a perfect point <laughs> as well. Again, it, you're you're recognizing that leash as, as the lifeline, um, but people aren't recognizing that the challenge that they're putting you and the risk that they're putting your dog in yeah. when they do that. Well, I'd like to talk about the, the call center because that's something I, that I have, you, you know, I have certainly um, connected with be in my own neighborhood. We had a dog that was being neglected and was in horrible health and we would see him only occasionally. And then finally I was able to, um, to get him and then called you guys and one of your officers came out and 
you know, were able to take him and get him the veterinary care that he needed. Uh, what are some of the reasons that people, you know, what is the call center there for? And are there reasons that people sort of misuse it unknowingly? And what are the, the reasons where people should pick up the phone and give you guys a call? Wow, great questions. And and first of all, thank you for making the call. Yeah. Um, you, you were able to intervene in a situation that if no one had, that dog would still be there uh, or not yeah. in, in a bad situation. So it really is important for people to call. And we we get a wide range of calls, anything from a complaint about a dog off leash in a park or a neighborhood yeah. to um, really egregious animal cruelty events that are just happening. Yeah. Um, the the biggest thing I can say is if you see something that looks concerning, make the call. Yeah. Uh, and I know that your audience is not just in the city limits of Seattle, so let's start sure. with jurisdictions. Yeah. Make sure that you know who to call in the city or county or township that you live in. Know that ahead of time. So when you see something, you, you're dialing the, the correct number to get the, the help. Yeah. Um, so if you call us, you want to provide as much information as you can as to, you know, what the concern is. By far the majority of welfare checks or animal cruelty complaints that we get are either we go out and there's, um, you know, not uh, a violation that's being observed. It's about educating. Uh, it's um, you know, a matter of just a simple conversation that can fix it if yeah. there's something to be fixed. Um, the more egregious things, a lot of times people will look at something for a very long time before they call, and it's hard to call and complain on your neighbor, you know? Yeah. Uh, we, we understand that. Uh, we also sometimes get caught up in neighbor disputes, and people will, frankly, use the animals against each other. We deal with that, too, but that's what we're here for. Uh, if you see something that's concerning, call us and let us do the investigation. Um, and if there is something that, that's going on, we can address it. If we don't get the call, it just continues. Yeah. Um, probably fairly common as well, an issue that we deal with that I'm grateful to be able to talk about is in an issue that is not so egregious. Let me back up a little. Sometimes people make the call and they, they see something disturbing and they want us to just go take the animal and remove it and never give it back. Right. Not understanding that we have to follow the law and that the people who are involved with this animal have rights to. Um, and a lot of the cases that we deal with in animal cruelty are, are cases of neglect where it may not be something that is urgent to the point that we can just do that and file charges. And we don't necessarily want to. We want to educate people and improve the lives of the animals so that they can stay in their homes with a better life. But if you see something that is going on and it continues to go and you call, a lot of times people will feel that if I if they call once or maybe twice and the animal's still there, that we're not doing anything and they're just wasting their time. Please don't do that. If you see something, once we go out and, and have a conversation, maybe write a ticket, uh, do some education, maybe help them with some supplies they need, you know, we may go away feeling like we have accomplished what needed to be done and things are going to be better. And if, if we don't get a call back a little while later from somebody saying it's not any better or it's worse, then we don't know that. So don't give up and don't, don't feel like you're not being responded to just because you don't see something change. That's when we need you to call back. We need you to help us help that animal. Yeah. Work with you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um. 
<clears throat> it's just such hard work. I mean, I have a one of my best friends is an animal control officer in the area. And I, for just for me and where my strengths are, <laughs> I'm like, every time she tells me a story, I'm like, I could never do what you do. Like, I'm just not cut out for it. It's, 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 it's important work and it's hard work. And, you know, it's certainly, uh, uh, not, uh, uh, rainbows and, and roses and butterflies all the time. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, mm-hmm. it's sometimes there's, a, I can only imagine some of the stuff that animal control officers are the ones having to deal with, having to be face to face with. And, um, just how important it is for the community to be in support of this team that's so important to the animals and their people, you know, in the area. And important, like you said, I mean, we have listeners all over the country. So, you know, get, no, you know, get that information now and put it on your fridge so that if there right. is something that, you know, you do need to get in touch with your animal control, know who they are. You know, they might be through your police department, not, you know, you might not have an animal shelter that runs your animal control through you might have you know it might be part of your police department so just having that information in the first place you know entering it into your phone so that if you see something off site you know who to call right um you know i've i've called animal control a few times for a few different reasons the one i mentioned earlier or if i see an animal that's been hit by a car or something like that so mm-hmm. uh, really important stuff now so we just have a couple minutes left um is there anything Anne, that's kind of like screaming at you that you want to take the time to tell or certain things that you just wish people knew? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, Gosh, I I guess I would just say that as everything that we're talking about, animal cruelty and animal welfare issues are, they are difficult Uh, and they're difficult to see and they're difficult sometimes to report. Uh, But we, uh, the, the people out there seeing these things are the voice for the animals. They can't make the call themselves. Yeah. I can't stress enough to make that call. Mm. Um, you're right about a lot of the work that we do is difficult. Um, we have a job, not unlike the police, I'm sure there are a lot of police officers who can't go home and talk about in detail what they saw that day. Yeah. We're in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, you know, we there are a lot of things that we can talk about amongst each other that the people that we live with and love don't need to hear. Yeah, I know. And so yeah. that, um, you know, I, again, appreciate the support there. And when people want to know what they can do to help, if, if they're not seen, hopefully not seen the case of animal cruelty, the simplest and but, but strongest thing that they can do is City of Seattle, buy a pet license. Yeah. You're directly supporting what we're doing. Yep. Obey the leash law, because if we're not using our resources to patrol the parks because so many people have their dogs off leash, we can dedicate those resources to keeping animals safe. Yeah, it's really that simple, and uh, and I really appreciate uh, you know the the ability to to put that out there. Yeah, it is. We're coming up on summertime. The other issue that we're going to hit headlong here pretty soon, as the weather warms up, is leave your dog at home. Oh yes, don't uh, take dogs your and dog cars. to the store with you. I know. Even if you are going in for a couple of minutes, two things there: a couple of minutes inevitably turn into 15 minutes for me when I go to the store, especially yep. if I'm hungry, right? Yep. And that's enough time for a dog to get into serious trouble or even die yep. in the car in the heat. Yep. The other thing is, maybe you are really only gone for a couple of minutes, but if someone sees that dog and they don't know how long it's been in the yeah, car, they're totally. going to call it. Yeah, totally, like me. 
Yeah. And there we go using yeah. our resources again for something that yeah. we didn't need to. And I tell you, on hot days, that's all my officers do yeah. is respond to one dog in a car call after another. Yeah, so you love them. It's why you bring them with you. But yeah. on those days, leave them at home. In yeah. the springtime, it's cloudy and sunny off and on. Those are the worst days. Leave them at home. They're yeah. safer. Well, thanks so much for your time today. SeattleAnimalShelter.org is the website. You can find out more about what they've got going on there. Be sure to license your pet. The money goes directly to support Seattle Animal Shelter and their efforts. Um, And then, again, the Furry 5K, their event, which is June 8th this year at Seward Park, Furry5K.com. Wonderful to have you back on the show, Anne, and thanks for all the work that you do And we will be back next Wednesday live at 2 p.m. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.